most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. This is our 2023 Fantasy Football League Winners Podcast for 2023. All of the top guys that we think are going to win you your leagues. We're going to talk about them here in this episode. Now that we have final cuts out of the way, final rosters are set. Here to break it down with me, one of the top rankers, projectors in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I, b- I believe this is our last one before we uh, pivot to week one, right? So what, what oh, yeah. better way to close it out than tell everybody who's going to win their league? Yeah, and so, you know, I-, I wanted to do a pod like this because, I, you know, I think most of the year we were talking sweepers and we're talking, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, kind of find you some edges deeper in the draft or, or, or overall strategy, but just kind of want to go through the guys, you know, in that top 100 or so, um, you know, because there's still, it still matters, you know, who you draft, uh, you know, like for example, Josh Jacobs last year, if you took, you know, some of the other running backs going in that RB, you know, 20-ish range uh, and, and passed on Josh Jacobs, because maybe you were worried about, you know, the preseason and, mm. and, and all the, the noise you missed out or, you know, Cooper Cup a couple years ago, there was a bunch of receivers going in that, in that wide receiver two range, but Cup ends up, you know, putting up a, what, near 2,000-yard season. So uh, we're trying to kind of find the, those guys, uh, you know, from from this year. And there's, there'll only be a few, but uh, hopefully, you know, we can kind of pinpoint on some because, uh, you know, these are the guys that we're kind of targeting in, in our drafts, and and, and uh, hopefully you guys uh, will find some value from it as well. So let's start off at quarterback. Uh, who you got leading off? League winners, 2023 quarterbacks. Um, So, I mean, the first two we've been talking about quite a bit. It's Anthony Richardson and Justin Fields. Um, With Richardson, you know, I have said from day one, like he has top 10 upside, especially if he starts week one, and that's what's happening. He is the Colts' week one starter. Um, And last week's preseason game, they actually let him run a bit, and he was just ripping off chunk runs like a piece of cake for him. So, he has massive upside. He could have a similar season to like Justin Fields last year where he's just running a ton. Maybe he doesn't put up much in terms of like passing yards, um, but Fields finished QB six with that strategy last year. So love Richardson still where he's going right now. And then Justin Fields himself. I mean, we've been talking about him as being a year three breakout candidate. I mean, we saw Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts and Tua all breakout in year three after they added, you know, a free, free agent wide receiver. So I think that the, the path is set for Justin Fields to do that with DJ Moore, who's looked even better than I anticipated. Um, but the the last one that I'm sneaking in here is Brock Purdy. Now that he's officially their week one starter, they trade away Trey Lance. There's like, he's going to be their starter as long as he's healthy. Um, he was a QB nine and six starts last year. I mean, he's in the perfect scheme for quarterbacks surrounded by weapons. But the thing that I keep talking about with him is he has more rushing upside than I think people realize. Like he ran a ton when he was at Iowa State, um, and he has a similar size speed combo of like a Patrick Mahomes, 
So I would say that's kind of his rushing upside. Um, and it allows him to escape pressure better than like a Jimmy G type. Um, so I think, you know, we saw that he had a rushing touchdown this weekend. I think he can add that element to his game this year. So he does have, you know, top 10 upside if everything goes well for him. So Brock Purdy is another guy late in drafts, I think, uh, does have league winning upside. What do you think is like the ceiling for him in terms of like quarterback finish, Purdy? Top 10. Uh, I don't think he has top five upside. Uh, there's just too many quarterbacks that, you know, can run the ball seven plus times a game. But I do think he has top 10 upside and where he's going, you know, that could he could like a Geno Smith season last year uh, where he's like QB six, QB seven, somewhere in that range is probably his ceiling. Um, but he, he does have the highest floor of all the guys at the bottom. Um, but yeah, again, I think they didn't let him tap in his rushing upside as much last year because he was their last option, his last hope. Uh, and he was, you know, he was a rookie. So I think we'll, we'll see a little bit more of that this year. Not saying he's going to, uh, you know, um, confuse you with Justin Fields or anything like that, but I, I think he could give like, you know, 10 to 15 yards a game kind of thing, especially, uh, near the, the end zone. Yeah. And so the way he would have to be a league winner is essentially like you get him for free. He, yeah. uh, he lets you get an extra, you know, extra running back or extra something somewhere that ends up putting you over the top. Cause it's, it's, it's so interesting where I think the late round quarterback strategy has kind of been a little bit misunderstood. You know, it wasn't just that like, okay, you're getting like a quarterback later. That's not going to score as much. And it, it helps you at other positions. Um, you make up for it. Like late round quarterbacks actually were be, like, hitting like top four value yeah. <laughs> in you know so it's interesting if you look at the the adp the average adp of a top four quarterback 2019 the average adp was 13 a little over 13 so that means like you know the average quarterback to, to give you a top four season was a late round quarterback 2020 uh it moved to eight 2021 five last year three and a half so like the price of of like a top top tier quarterback has been kind of steadily rising and like there's been less and less of these late round quarterbacks. So like I've been kind of, my strategy has been a little different this year. Like last year it was like Jalen Hurts was the first guy I was drafting. Uh, and then it was like, I think it was Trey Lance and Justin Fields. So, you know, two out of three. Um, but it was kind of like a more of like a middle to down, uh, middle to late yeah. round. This year I'm actually going a lot more aggressively at quarterbacks. Like I'm, I'm taking more Jalen Hurts. I'm taking more, uh, Josh Allen I'm taking more uh, of these guys in the top and like really I want Richardson to be one of the last quarterbacks that I, I draft you know mm -hmm. like he's so like it's, it's kind of a it's been a different strategy uh, for me this year but that that said I I do think uh, you know Fields is, is definitely in that conversation um, I do like Purdy I'm, I think I'm higher than consensus on him but it's a it's it's just a different kind of quarterback for me with Purdy like I don't yeah. I don't I, I don't expect him to give me the upside of, of, of a Fields or even a Richardson. Um, but well, obviously what, not. Just yeah. <laughs> in terms of ADP, you can get them very, very late. But yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm the same way. I, I'm usually drafting one of the top nine quarterbacks, which is kind of a new thing for yep, me as well. Yep. Yeah, right? So with that being said, my first guy is Justin Herbert. I, I think this guy is getting a little bit slept on because it's like he's not as sexy as, as Burrow. Uh, he's coming off the the kind of down year last year where you know, his efficiency really wasn't there. But remember, Kevin Moore was hired to make this offense more aggressive. They already had three uh, very good wide receivers 
and they went out and drafted a fourth in Quentin Johnston in the first round. Kevin Moore's offense in Dallas top two in pace every year. Dak Prescott was putting up 30 points a game in this offense. The first two years of in Dak Prescott in Kevin Moore's offense, he averaged over 300 yards a game. The two years before that, he was averaging around 240. So, like, imagine the upside for Herbert, a guy that was already one of the premier uh, young quarterbacks in terms of passing yards per game of our time, of ever, you know, averaging 288 passing yards per game through his first three seasons as a pro. Now you're going to throw deep more. That seven, you know, what is it, 6.8 yards per attempt that he averaged last year, that's going way up. That's going up. So I think Herbert leads the league in passing yards. Uh, I think he has a good chance to lead the league in touchdowns. I think uh, the Chargers are just a completely different offense than we saw last year. So, uh, you know, I know Burrow is kind of the guy, you know, he has the he has Chase and he has Higgins. But I think I think Herbert is the guy who usually goes after Burrow. And even after Fields in some drafts, depends. But, like, Herbert is a guy who I've been trying to target a lot more because um, – you know, he's he's just a guy that I think people are sleeping on and not and not getting as much of. And um, he's a guy I want a lot of because I, I just I, and every pass catcher too, like Eckler at mm-hmm. the running back position. Uh, you know, Everett is a good cat, pass catching tight end. Parham as well. Like, there's just so many weapons here if if they become more aggressive. So um, yeah. I think Herbert is just in for a monster year. Uh, and the, and the guy is just durable as hell too. He doesn't really get hurt like some of the. Um, well, he Somebody gets hurt. He just scrambled. he play he right. plays through it, <laughs> right? But that's that could be an edge, you know, because like one of the things is we try to mm. target these scrambling quarterbacks. But you know, let's say Lamar Jackson misses another five games, Justin Fields misses another yeah. three or four, Jalen Hurts misses another couple. You know, that's how just Justin Herbert goes from like your quarterback five six to all of a sudden your quarterback one two, especially if if he's going to do what I think he's going to do this mm-hmm. year. So uh, love Herbert, another guy. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is like the like the poor man's Herbert in a lot of ways. He has a, the same kind of skill group, at least the top, you know, the top three receivers and Ridley Kirk and and Jones and then Engram. And then you got ETN at the running back position. So a lot of weapons. Defense is not great. So that that works mm-hmm. to, to get into some shootouts. The only thing is it's a little bit more of a projection with Lawrence because he had that terrible rookie year. Last year he pretty much doubled up on his on his, you know, a lot of his, uh, you know, his touchdown, he, he doubled up on a lot of improvement. I think that could happen again this year. Doug Peterson said they want to score seven more points a game. So <laughs> I'm not saying all. they get there. No, I know, but <laughs> I, I do think they will be more yeah. aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just talk, you don't just trade for Calvin Ridley to just chill and, you know, put up like 23 points a game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Trevor Lawrence probably doesn't have, exactly as much upside as Herbert, but if things break right, especially because the Jacksonville defense could be bad, especially against the pass. I think they were 26 last year, and I don't feel like they got too too much better, um, you know, on defense against the pass. Uh, I think I think you could see a big year from, uh, from Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, like him. And then the final guy is a guy I've been kind of warming up to lately, but Daniel Jones, I think, is has some sneaky upside to finish in the top four, top five, because we know he can run, right? Mm -hmm. We know he can run. So he gives you that, but we've seen him put up massive passing numbers. Like his rookie year, he had three games where he had at least four passing touchdowns. uh, And he had uh, another three with, uh, you know, well over 300 yards. So this is a, this is not like a guy who just is incapable of, you know, 
passing with more volume. It was just last year they mm-hmm. condensed the offense crazy because they had no receivers. So <laughs> this year, the way I'm looking at it is we were all hyped about Hurts to A.J. Brown. We were all hyped about Josh Allen to uh, with Diggs. We're hyped now with Fields to D.J. Moore. That's kind of what Darren Waller is going to be to this offense. I'm not saying he he's necessarily going to give him the that same amount of a jump, but there's going to be a jump in both volume and efficiency. This guy already showed that he can, he's not going to turn the ball over anymore. And he showed that he could be accurate. So I think you could see a lot more games like that Vikings game in the playoffs from Daniel Jones this year. And Saquon is also, I, I hear running a lot of routes. So uh, Daniel Jones, sneaky sneaky bet to to crack the top five if, if maybe maybe a couple guys get injured but um mm-hmm. you know one of those like i think a lot of people would look to like um uh deshaun watson in that range but i, I don't know if he has it anymore and i don't know if right. cleveland might just you know ride nick chubb they have a better defense i don't know if they have to whereas the giants i, I do think their defense will be good but Debo is like an offensive guru um, you know, they got Waller. So I think Daniel Jones is, is super sneaky. Like, remember we were calling him like the poor man's Josh Allen a few years ago. And like, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's back now. Yeah. Uh, and Jalen Hyatt could be a great deep threat. Gives them a new element. Uh, maybe kind of what they're expecting with Kenny Galladay that didn't yep. work out, but he has a lot of weapons now that hasn't been the case ever because even when they did have pieces, they'd all get hurt. So as of now, yeah, he has the best supporting cast of his career. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going Daniel Jones, uh, probably QB nine. Uh, wow. You know, right after Lawrence. Because uh, yep. I, 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 he's, he's further along in his career than Richardson, obviously. And then Dak Prescott, I love Dak, but I, I think Kellen Moore takes some of that upside with him to L.A. So mm-hmm. that kind of leaves me with Daniel Jones there because, again, like Watson, I'm – I'm I'm down at 13 on him. I'm just I just don't I just don't I just don't see it. I just don't like I, he has some up he has the upside, but I, I don't know if he actually has the upside if that if that makes sense. <laughs> like you know like I like he has yeah. the skill set, but I like Cleveland's defense is going to be good. So yeah, I don't not really seeing it for him. Uh, let's go to running back. We got uh, so I think the most likely like Josh Jacobs type of guy in that running back 20 range would be Damian Pierce for me. Uh, it, you know I thought De- Devin Singletary was maybe going to become more of a factor than I anticipated, but it looks like they're, they're setting Pierce up to have a massive workload and Singletary will just kind of be a change of pace kind of back. Uh, plus we could see Pierce um, see more receiving work as well. That's kind of what also led to Jacobs, you know, massive season last year. Uh, plus CJ Stroud doesn't like to scramble. I keep saying that, but it was apparent last week. He had a wide open first down. If he just uses legs, nope. He decided to throw it. So I think that's just going to lead to more checkdowns to someone like Pierce. Uh, plus, the, the Texans' offensive line should be decent. You know, they brought in Shaq Mason, uh, who's a solid run blocker. So uh, I think for the, the best chances of like a Josh Jacobs type of season uh, in that range would be D- uh, Damian Pierce for me. And then, you know, you have the guys that I really think are like the – true league winner kind of guys like a Tony Pollard type from last year where they begin the season as the number two, but they can have a really good season are the guys I keep talking about, you know, Dave Montgomery, Jalen Warren, Tank Bixby, Zach Charbonnet. Those are the four guys I think can offer value even when the starter is healthy, but they all have kind of top 10 upside if he were to go down. So those are the four backs I've been targeting the most. 
Yeah, and I like that because I think at running back, it's the one position where you do want to get exposure to guys deeper into the draft. Uh, I kind of did, like, again, I, I did some research, just kind of trying to find some ways to pinpoint some of these league winners. And when, what I looked at was uh, top six running backs in ADP that also beat their ADP by at least six spots. So, no, not just rewarding you for drafting, like, mm-hmm. the RB6 and he finishes first or something. You know, got to be a little bit got outside. But – for running back, only about 57% of those guys are even in the top 20. 43% are outside the top 20. Uh, about t- just over 20% are outside the top 30. And and there's still about 10% of those, those backs you're going to find outside the top 40. Whereas at, at a position like wide receiver, 91% using the same criteria, you know, top six, but, and, and, and jumped up at least six spots, 91%. Uh, going back over the last eight years, dating back to 2014, uh, which I have ADP data for, those guys were in the top 30. So 91% of wide receivers that were league winners by the definition that I, I used inside the top 30, whereas at running back, you know, you you would see a lot more guys, dub, more than double outside that top 30. So um, running back, I think that's why you don't want to – that's another reason why you don't want to necessarily yeah. go like robust running back, double up on running back early because you want exposure to running backs throughout Mm-hmm. Uh, the draft and if you if you drafted too many running backs too high you're just going to get more missed games and that's going to lower your um your ceiling and your floor at the end of the day so yep. um I, I'm, I'm and i'm in total agreement with pierce by the way i think pierce is pierce is up to my rb 16 um so loving mm-hmm. him and then alexander madison is another guy i think could be that josh jacobs you know yeah. um when you look for these kind of backs you're looking for a guy uh about 80 percent of these league winning type running backs uh, that you're going to find below ADP are going to be 26 or younger. There hasn't been one uh, mm. that was 28 or more in about five years. So um, you're looking for these younger guys. I think Madison fits the bill, you know, still 25. Um, again, a guy that I think from week one is going to play, is going to have a workhorse role. And I don't foresee him giving it up. Even if they do bring in a veteran, I think that veteran is going to get the Madison role from last year. So um, love Madison. And I think he's going to get a boost from the Vikings committing to more heavy personnel with, you know, extending CJ Ham, signing one of the best blocking tight ends in Josh Oliver. Uh, it's going to be a little different than last year when it was like almost exclusively one, one personnel and they struggled running the football. So um, I think Madison, Madison and Pierce for me are those two guys because, you know, Madison even more so than Pierce even really has nobody in his way. Um, and, and that's something else I think you look for. Like you, you don't like Devin Singletary is not really a threat either. And, that, and that's, that's something I think you mm-hmm. look for. Whereas opposed to a guy like, you know, Kenneth Walker, Charbonnet is a threat. ETN, another great back, but Bigsby is a threat. You know, like that's they, they, not nothing. Yeah. Uh, one more guy that I really like, James Cook. Uh, another guy, young guy, uh, 24 entering year two, extremely efficient last year over five yards of carry, great numbers after contact. And who's in the backfield with him? Latavius Murray and Damian Harris. These guys uh, are, I could completely see these guys riding the bench if Cook, you know, starts off the year well, because he fit, Cook just fits their offense more. You know, even if, even if they're in a red zone, it's like you still want that like passing down threat and, that's not really what you're getting from Harris. Murray is decent, but Murray's probably the third string. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Cook has a chance to kind of play himself into a bigger role because that's what Jacobs did, right? He, it was like they didn't intend to give him every snap. He just played so well right. that McDaniel's like, I ain't taking him off the field. So, <laughs> um, you know, Madison and Cook for me as well as well as Pierce uh, are my guys. All right, guys, the new NFL season is almost here, so your old habit of never missing a snap on Sunday is back. And I want to tell you about another habit that I've been getting into, Caldera Labs Skin Regimen. It's simple, and since you're already in the habit of brushing your teeth, why not add another habit right after to take your skincare to the next level? Caldera has three steps. Number one is the clean slate, which is the face wash. Number two, the base layer, which is the moisturizer. And then you have the good, which is a serum you can use at night that makes your skin tighter and smoother. Every drop of the serum has three to four million antioxidant units protecting your skin. Skincare is important, but it does not have to be difficult. Just get in the habit of one minute in the morning, one minute at night. It's all you need to take your daily skincare routine to the next level and get better, clearer skin. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive offer, the best offer anywhere. Use code FLEX, F-L-E-X, at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code FLEX at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to those magic words, you look younger. Get 20% off at calderalab.com with code FLEX. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's go to wide receiver. Who you got? First off, Calvin Ridley. I mean, this one seems like a no-brainer. We haven't seen him play at a high level since 2020, and all reports has been he has looked as good as ever. Uh, And it was apparent when he played on the last week of the preseason. He went uh, three catches for 50 yards in limited action, made a phenomenal sideline catch, and he's paired with the sending quarterback you mentioned earlier in Trevor Lawrence. So, He's one of those guys that could be like the Cooper Cup um, from a couple years ago. You can get him in the wide receiver 19-20 range, and he could just absolutely have a top-five season. Um, another guy I love as ter- like a league winner type of guy is Christian Watson because he could be in for a massive you know year-two type of breakout season. Um, and Jordan Love could be in for a better season than people realize, so this is partly a bet on Jordan Love. Um, They've had a pretty good connection in in their preseason snaps. Um, And Watson's the kind of guy he could score from anywhere on the field. So he has some massive touch on upside. Plus he might get, you know, one to two direct carries per game. Last year, he had a 15 yard rushing touchdown and a 46 yard rushing touchdown. So that just gives him a little bit more of a boost than other receivers. So I think Watson has, you know, the recipe needed to have a league winning type season. And then, the, the third guy, I'm not really a big Cortland Sutton guy, but he does have a path, um, especially he's still on the wide receiver, like 38 range. Uh, but he could be in a massive season with not only, you know, Tim Patrick out for the season, but Jerry Judy looking iffy to start the season. That could be something that lingers throughout. Uh, but he would benefit from Russell Wilson having a bounce back season, uh, which is very possible under Sean Payton. 
Um, and, you know, the way they've been dealing with tight end where Troutman might get more playing time than we thought over Dulcich is just another way for Sutton to maybe get more targets. So he's a guy that I haven't been big on until recently, but he, he definitely has a path to having that kind of upside uh, in that late, you know, wide receiver 30 range. Yeah, you just got to see him get back to what he was pre-injury. Like, he's, I feel like mm-hmm. he's never fully gotten back. Um, you know, maybe he can. Uh, where he's going, yeah, it's not it's not too much of a risk. Um, but, yeah, just just haven't really seen him look like the guy he looked uh, looked like before the injury. Yeah. So maybe maybe this is the year. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I totally agree on Ridley. That was, that was one of the first guys I had written down. You know, t- already had a top five season. Um, this Jags team is probably going to throw a lot. Their quarterback could, you know, reach heights that we haven't even seen yet. So there's kind of this unrealized – uh, up connected upside here. And, um, you know, he's going to slot in as this guy who's probably going to run a route, not, what, 95% of the time. He's not coming off the mm-hmm. field much if we go by their usage of their top receivers, top two receivers last season. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love Calvin Ridley. I think he really sticks out as a guy who, um, you know, he's not, he's going in the, what, that wide receiver 15, 18 range, mm-hmm. depending on your draft. But, again, we're looking for these guys that, you know, there's a bunch of guys, maybe none of them stick out. You're like, oh, any, I'm happy with any one of them. Uh, but I think Ridley's one of them that I, I really think uh, could take it to the next level this season. Uh, another one, uh, I, I think we're going to – I have to go I'm, – I'm on the post-hype Debo Samuel train. I, <laughs> I, think this is, I think this is going to be a massive Debo year. Um, skinny Debo, as, as they like to call him. Uh, you know, he – had that big year in 2021 he was a wide receiver too and then he had a contract dispute a hold in you know he admitted that he wasn't in great shape it just kind of messed up his whole rhythm he got hurt uh but when Debo's healthy this offense the pass offense is going to run through him like I think we saw like Ayuk step it up and Ayuk's a great receiver too but uh, I think you're going to see a lot more of the 2021 usage uh, for Debo Samuel this season. I think you're going to see a lot more of the, you know, short passes, just let him go to work. And it kind of went under the radar last year, but Debo Samuel led the team in target per route rate at 23.3%. Christian McCaffrey, once he got to San Francisco, was just below that at 23.1%. Ayuk was at uh, 20.9% and Kittle was at 18.2%. So Debo is still the guy that, you know, when he was on the field, he was getting targeted, and I think this year he's going to be the focal point of the offense, of the pass offense. You know, obviously Christian McCaffrey is going to be there uh, as well, but I think this is going to be a big, big Debo year, and uh, I think he has a chance to kind of get back to that uh, top five upside that he uh, that he kind of missed out. Because last year was kind of a lost year. He missed games. He was banged up in some others. Um, it was just it was just a lost year for him. But uh, I've, I've I've seen him play in the preseason. I've seen him in camp. He looks like a different dude. He looks explosive mm-hmm. again. And like, you know, I, eyes don't lie. So uh, I, I've seen what I need to see. I think B, I think D- Debo's in for a monster year. Do you think we'll see him get back to maybe three to five direct rush attempts? Uh, or does McCaffrey yep. kind of squash that? No. So uh, from the reports I've heard out of camp, you know, they were talking, they, like that's just a part of the offense now. Two, two, two to four per game. Like it's not always yeah. going to be, it's not always going to be five. It's not always going to be two, but yeah, somewhere in that range, that's just a part of the offense. That is, that is going to happen regardless of the running back. Like that's just, that's just part of what 
the, they do. Like that's just their offense now. So yeah, like all the ingredients are there uh, for Debo, and and uh, you know all of the skill guys just makes it tougher to, to zone in on him. So um, yeah, I think yeah. he could have a monster year. Love Purdy as well. Um, and then George Pickens, I just think he's good. I just think he's really good. Uh, I think he could. I think he could jump Deontay. I think he could be the top target uh, on this team. He he came within less than a hundred yards of of Deontay last season as a rookie, really just running sideline routes mostly, and in a, a very condensed offense. I think they'll open it up a little more because, like you mentioned, Pickett taking a step forward. Uh, but Pickens has been working on his entire route tree, and he's got so much talent. That mm-hmm. a, a guy like him, you know, that year one to year two leap is going to be so massive for him to like actually work on things that could, you know, utilize his talent uh, in a better ways. So I'm expecting Pickens to be the top receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I think he's talented enough where you could get a, a, a wide receiver one year out of him this year. And I think people aren't thinking of the Steelers like that because they were so run heavy mm-hmm. and, you know, Pickens, Pickett didn't throw many touchdowns, but uh, I think Pickens is going to change a lot for this offense. So um, I'm expecting Pickens to kind of make that, that, that leap. And um, you know, who was it that said he was better than Justin Jefferson? Was it Ryan Clark that said that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was, he's, he's bugging, but it's disrespectful to Justin Jefferson, but like he had the right <laughs> yeah. idea. Like this dude Pickens well, is better than a lot of, a lot of these oh, yeah. receivers in this league. Yeah. Already. He went in the, he went in the second round, but I was saying he was a first round talent. Uh, he went in the second round because he was hurt for most of his senior season. They w- they weren't sure how he'd turn. He had some off the field issues, so that's the only reason he went in the second round. But he was a first round talent, and he looks a lot better after the catch as well. He's not yep. he's not just some contested guy. He had that fifty yard touchdown where like the last thirty yards of it was all him just juking defenders and breaking tackles. So he looks significantly better this year. So I- I'm with you on that one. Uh, and then the final guy is a uh, guy we've been talking about, but Zay Flowers. I just think if, in, again, rookies aren't likely to be league winners. They're usually going to top out wide receiver two value, you know, mentioned Olave and Wilson. If there's a guy that has a chance, I think it's Zay Flowers. I, I just think he's that good. And this pass offense under Munkin, uh, you know, Monk, they, 70 percentile in four years as an offensive coordinator never lower than 19th in pass attempts. And that was the only time they were below, he was below average in an offense that he coordinated. Whereas Greg Roman, they averaged a 25th place ranking in pass attempts. So there could be a night and day difference in the amount of volume. And I think Flowers could be a part of that. Cause I think, um, I think he's going to be a reason that they're comfortable passing a, a lot more. Uh, and with Beckham and, and Bateman's injury history, there's even a little more upside uh, as well. But uh, yeah, Zay Flowers is that one guy, I think, that if a rookie is going to reach that ultimate, like, true, truly winning upside, my pick would be Zay. All right, let's finish it out with tight end. Yeah, so um, for me, George Kittle, if we're talking, like, top 10 tight ends, uh, I think Kittle has that upside. We saw that uh, in the final six games last year where he's the tight end one overall. And what happened to be the six starts where Brock Purdy was under center, um, granted, Debo was out for three of those games, but it just goes to show that Kittle, he still has one of the highest ceilings at the position. So if everything goes his way, absolutely has league winning upside, even though he's the tight end five. Uh, but like you said, Debo also has league winning upside. I think Brandon Ayuk could have league winning upside. So you could just draft Brock Purdy and have all these guys again. Like I said, I think he has league winning upside, but I think Kittle to get there, he has to stay healthy all 17 games. He probably does need maybe one, one of the studs to miss time uh, to really hit that upside, but that's possible. 
Um, so, you know, he, he's the guy sort of in that range, um, that, that I do think has league winning upside. Um, another guy a little bit farther down, um, I think has league winning upside is probably Jake Ferguson. Um, now he's just a guy, (laughs) I'm, if I'm being honest, but he's replacing, you know, probably the Dalton Schultz role. So we've seen that produce, you know, sort of top 10 upside just based on Dallas's scheme. So he's a guy that, you know, could absolutely end up being a top 10 quarterback uh, tight end now that he is the week one starter. So um, I've been moving him up a ton because like I said, earlier in the off season, I had him and Luke uh, Schoonmaker sort of in that tight end 30 range, but due to Schoonmaker just dealing with a foot injury all camp, um, you know, Ferguson's the man and I am projecting him, you know, closer to the top 20. So he's just a guy to keep an eye on because he, he could have that full Dalton Schultz role this season. Don Schultz finishes a Titan three in 2021. Wow. I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah. Yeah. In in full and half PPR points, you know, he wasn't, he was the tight end five in per game, half PPR points. Oh, okay. In, you know, he played 17 games. So he ended up finishing as the tight end three. Um, So, you know, I, I I think I might end up with Ferguson in my top 12. He's my tight end 14 uh, right now. Oh, wow. You're, you're higher than me now, but yeah, that's, in that range, there, there's so many question marks with a lot of those guys that he he has been leapfrogging a lot. Like he leapfrogged uh, guys I love, like Greg Dulcich, yep. um, Juwan Johnson. I, I know you don't want to move him, but yeah, he's been leapfrogging a lot of these guys. <laughs> oh, he's already he's already on top of him for me. Yeah, already? well, there you go. Like it, just there, all these guys have question marks with him. Like Schoonmaker could force more of a committee later in the season, but when that happens, you know, you could just drop him. But he's one of those guys that I think has the clearest path to having a, you know, top 10 type of season um, from like outside of my top 15. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's been the guy that's probably been moving up the most out of all the tight ends, honestly, in my rankings. Yeah. And Ferguson and Hendershot, uh, Ferguson ran around on 18% of the dropbacks and Hendershot was 19% last year per game. So I actually see that as more like what's mm. maker. I have him a little higher than that, but um, I actually think Ferguson looked pretty good. So yeah. he might be better than Schultz just talent wise. I mean, I was kind of high on him even Ooh. last year. I thought Dallas was going to run more two tight end than they ended up doing, or though mm-hmm. they did run a lot of two tight end, but they split the snaps. It was really yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I think Ferguson takes over pretty much the, the Schultz role. So that is a role that, like I said, we've seen a top five tight end season. So yeah, um, I you know, there's not many guys that you could say, like you said, outside the top ten top 15 guys in ADP that could realistically do that. So yeah, I would, I think Ferguson is a, a league winning type of tight end um, for sure. Uh, two, two guys for me, uh, Mark Andrews. I mean, not like a, not going out on a limb here, but <laughs> yeah. you know, when we, when we, the thing is, you know, with, with Travis Kelsey, he just creates such a, uh, a problem for the, for the other, whatever, 11 or nine <laughs> people in the draft who don't, yeah get him because he's he beats other tight ends by like a hundred points every year <laughs> so in the last three seasons Ta- Travis Kelsey has three of the you know top five tight end seasons and the one of the other two that's not Travis Kelsey is Mark Andrews so Mark Andrews has been one of the two tight ends that's managed to put up a Kelsey-like season. Like, I think Kelsey's lowest season in the last three, Mark Andrews was able to beat that. And that's why we did mm-hmm. have Andrews in that discussion of, 
you know, who should we take first at one of those years? And then yeah. uh, it didn't quite work out. But again, now you're talking about that Munkin offense, 70th percentile in terms of pass attempts, never lower than 19th. Big step up from Roman, who's, you know, 25th on average, 28th or, or below three of the four years. So I think Andrews is a guy who I am targeting. You know, if I don't get Travis Kelsey, like I am targeting Mark Andrews. Like I am not just, you know, kind of sitting around and saying, okay, I'll just draft whatever value. <laughs> like I am, I do want Mark Andrews. That is the ideal guy because you combine the uptick in passing. And I think Andrews, the reason why Andrews was able to post one of those top five seasons that wasn't Kelsey is top target on a team, right? Like that at tight end, that's just so valuable because that's so rare that you see a, a tight end who's his team's number one option. And Mark Andrews is that one of those guys. And the other one of those guys is Darren Waller. Darren Waller is going to be mm-hmm. the Giants top option from 2019 to 2021, 85% route rate per game, 25% target rate per route. Last year, Devonte Adams came, Waller was hurt new offense, just everything mm-hmm. kind of, it just was a down year. You can't you almost got to throw it out, but he's capable of playing 85%, you know, 85, 90% of the snaps and being targeted on one out of every four. And in the giant, this giant offense, I mean, look at all these other guys. You're talking about Slayton and Hyatt and Wandale. And, like none of these guys are going to command a target share per route on a per route basis, like Darren Waller. And by the way, they're not even using him as a tight end. They're like, they're straight up using him as a wide receiver. So they're lining him up in the backfield. They're lining him up in the slot. I saw him to start the preseason. I think he ran two or three routes just straight up lined about wide. And he's a former yeah. wide receiver. So yeah. the one other guy that I think, you know, if it's not Kelsey, if it's not Andrews, who else is their team's top target? Because you just have some kind of untapped ceiling that way, you know, in those games where, you know, your, your team is down and you know those shootouts, games like that. If you're the number one target, you have that like 10 catch, you know, 189 yard type of upside. That's Darren Waller. So uh, Darren Waller is my tight end three over TJ Hawkinson. Um, And I don't think that's going to be consensus, but I I think Mm. in terms of overall upside, like TJ Hawkinson, it's only going to go down this year. I think there's going to be less passing in Minnesota, um, whereas Giants are on the uptick in terms of uh, pass volume. So I think Waller being the number one guy versus Hawkinson, which could be either the number two behind the top one in the league, or like if you, if your boy Addison hits, or even if KJ Osborne maybe has a breakout, um, you know Hawkinson could could follow. So I think Waller, he's just a cheat code because like he's not really a tight end, but he's yeah he's at the tight end position. He's a wide receiver. So um, Waller, yeah, Waller's up to my tight end three. Uh, that that'll be my final uh, rank for him. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a bold call. I, I do like it, especially if he plays all 17 games. And one of the problems he had last year, um, you know, his ADOT was like close to 14. Um, so he was getting lower percentage throws, not being targeted as much. But his ADOT uh, in his brief preseason stint was around seven and a half, which I think could be the sweet spot for him. Do you think it'll be in the, like the seven to nine range or do you think it'll be you know, 10 to 12 range? Do you have any clue like where's ADOT? Yeah, like, I think it, I think it'll be I think it'll be like probably just under like wait eight nine i think seven might be a little low i, I do think he'll use he'll be on some more downfield rush but again i just think he's gonna be like a wide receiver yeah like the average yeah. receiver is like what around 12 
So I think, yeah, like, yeah, like 10, 10, 9, 10. Yeah, yeah, you'll want him to get some layup throws mixed in with the deep balls. Whereas, like, Kyle Pitts, that's kind of the problem is he only gets deep balls. But I think Waller, it just looked like he's going to get like an ideal blend of, you know, easy looks. And then he'll obviously be a downfield threat as well. But it was clear he is going to be the centerpiece of this passing attack. So, yeah, like, as I was watching him catch balls and see the first string offense, I was raising his projection like as i was watching it like that's how impressed i was but um with him it always comes down to health but if he stays healthy for 16 17 games absolutely has league winning upside yeah and that, i mean that was like part of the issue with the raiders last year i mean it was just too many downfield throws period i mean that's what kind yeah. of car you know car just never really got it got got used to it and his accuracy wasn't there mm-hmm. you know even Devonte, you know the the numbers were good, but the efficiency, you know, in terms of the car to Devontae connection wasn't always great, you know, with the completion rate and, and whatnot. It was just Waller did not like the offense. You know, that's <laughs> that's why he got traded. So I'm just I'm kind of throwing it out last year. Like I don't see any decline, you know, watching him play. Uh and he's a former receiver, tight end, you know, he, he's not gonna they're using him more as a receiver tree. He's not gonna take as many hits and, and you know, not gonna have to block as much. So yeah, I think I think he's deserving. Like I think he's this year he's probably this year's like Hawkinson or something, you know, where you know, oh, he's yeah. he's the guy that's gonna end up putting up that that tight end three season. But yeah, he's the only other guy that's come close to Kelsey. So uh got gotta do it. It's all about upside here. Uh but that is uh those are our league winners for twenty twenty three. So let me recap those for quarterback, Sean. Uh, well, we it's really we just I'll, I'll just say both because we both pretty much like the same guys. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, Anthony Richardson, Brock Purdy for you, and then I uh, also like Herbert Lawrence and Daniel Jones at running back. We both love Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also mentioned Montgomery, Jalen Warren, Zach Charbonnet, and Tank Bisbee. Uh, I love Alexander Madison and James Cook at receiver. We both love Calvin Ridley. Uh, and Christian Watson, uh, you like Cortland Sutton. I like Debo Samuel, George Pickens, Zay Flowers at tight end. Uh, we both love Jake Ferguson. You love Kittle. Uh, I love Andrews as a you know targeting him like like you would a couple years ago when he was in that tight end one discussion and uh, and Darren Waller. So um, those are the guys that uh, that we're targeting early in our draft. So I know we usually go the sweeper route and talk about a bunch of different other things. But uh, those are the guys that we're expecting to uh, deliver the gold, deliver the goods this year. So I hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Hope you guys found some value with that. Uh, Remember our projections are up at actionnetwork.com. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app. Good luck in all of your fantasy drafts and uh, good luck this season. And we'll be back uh, talking some week one. Until next time, let's get the money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.